Episode 13, Gigs Effect is in full effect this episode. Uh, Sam is one of the busiest men in uh, Pittsburgh here, so he couldn't be here for this episode. However, I do have a special guest to help me get through this one. Uh, Before we get into our special guest, I just want to touch on one thing. I want to shout out to Sam. He had his second boot camp for CTC Trainings Boot Camps. Uh, They're held at Shenley Park. And we meet on Saturday mornings, 10 o'clock. They're about an hour, an hour and a half. I think they are. Go to his page for all the information because I believe they're $15 a person. And it's a lot of fun. There's a lot of people with all different goals. um, And I am extremely out of shape. So I am at the beginner level. So do not be intimidated. Come and join me. You can be my partner. But yeah, that's Saturday. And now moving forward, it's going to be every Saturday. So once a week we get together, it's a great team building, it's fun to get outside and move around, especially since we're on quarantine. Now, with that being said, I have the perfect uh, guest host here with me. I brought in a professional for all of you (coughs) uh, idiots out there, no I'm just kidding, not idiots, but there's a lot of misconceptions, misinformation, just some stupid shit to say the least. So today... I'm going to insert round of applause here. I have Andrew with me. <laughs> Hi, Andrew. Hello. Hello, everybody out there in the, uh, uh, what's this, Spotify? No, this well, is... Spot- we're actually on all streaming platforms, so Ooh. Spotify, Apple. Podcast world. Podcast How's everybody world. doing? Yes. Yeah, so first, just maybe tell us a little bit about you. Well, I hail from England. I am 28 years of age now. I'm from Pittsburgh. Originally, um, I was born here. Most of my family's here, uh, but I left when I was real young. I was raised in Jersey uh, most of my life, and I claim Jersey, but also still got a little sprinkle of the, the Berg life in me, Bell Suber, where y'all at? Do you at? participate in um, t-shirt time, gin, gym tanning, no, laundry? No, Is that no. your thing? Don't, don't play me like that. <laughs> Don't play me like that. I, I was before the Jersey Shore era, so I'm an OG doctored into, like, I'm from Piscataway type of Jersey, like near Nort. You know, mm. if you're from Jersey, you would know, know those areas, but... I'm familiar. Um, then kind of moved around everywhere um, on the East Coast, mostly. Went down North Carolina, Ohio for a little bit. That was trash. Um Ohio. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. I didn't know that. Ooh, well, what part of Ohio? Columbus. You know, oh, I like yeah, Columbus. Right. Yeah, Columbus is okay, but it was, you know, there's really nothing to do out there unless you go to I Ohio think it's State. pretty similar to Pittsburgh. A little different, but... Then I traded on my fellow classmates and I went to Penn State. Uh, you know, And that's how we met. No. <laughs> Not at all. I was a different person in college. Oh, well, I'm sure. Many moons ago. So, you don't have to give, you know, give whatever you want. You're not forced to give or forced to hold back. But um, before we get into the Corona apocalypse thing that's going on here right now, <laughs> um, maybe before I start asking you some questions on it, you can just give a little bit of 
that background and why I say that you're, um, oh yeah, why you are the one that should be talking about this and not me. <laughs> well, by no means am I an expert on um, infectious disease. I studied it, but I went to school to be a physician assistant. Um, so I've been practicing for I don't know five years now. I want to say uh, I graduated from Chatham. Um, undergrad, Penn State, like I said, um, neuroscience undergrad with a minor in biochem and yeah, so. All right, well then let's just get right into it. So I don't know, as far as I know right now, any updates on it is this is like threat level midnight. We're kind of approaching the point where, you know, I just saw this morning that San Francisco is now on a mandatory 24-hour lockdown for the next three weeks. Um, so, do you think that this is an overreaction, an underreaction? What do you think? Well, before we get into the um, the the things that are, you know, that coronavirus is, let's tackle what it isn't. Because a lot of people in situations like these... Um, occur they they freak out like they might be doing now some of them anyway um it's not a chronic diarrhea type of disease or virus people keep buying all the toilet paper (laughs) your butt hole is gonna be fine i promise um and if it's not it's probably something else you already had well real quick before you go on there i was reading somebody saying the only reason why this particular person chose to buy like several rolls of toilet paper in bulk was because if we do end up on a mandatory quarantine then they're gonna have enough for a few weeks or whatever yeah but at the same time the government can't feasibly issue a martial law to prevent people from buying necessities it's it's inhumane and it's not in their mandate to do that. Uh, FEMA would step in in that case and open up some type of um, center that would give these type of products to people because you, in a state of emergency, you can't prevent or inhibit people from getting the bare necessities that they need. Okay. So, so um, a lot of that is a combination of that, an amalgamation of that, fear-mongering, and wanting to get over on people. Um, actually, someone told me the other day, their husband fell out with his best friend of like, or one of his best friends of his entire life. And they'd known each other for, I don't know, two or three decades. Um, because his friend was, he bought a whole bunch of toilet paper and he was selling it at a premium to people. And, it, and you know, her husband, called him out on it and it was like yo like this is not okay like why do you why are you trying to get over on people who might need this stuff just for you to get a ahead of the game yeah mm-hmm. so it's, it's it's getting really um cutthroat out there for sure there's videos of people getting beat over buying stuff like that and so would you say that the way things are being handled now is an appropriate response? Like, do you agree with the uh, social separation and the request for people to stay in as much as possible in the restaurants, you know, and things like that starting to shut down? Do you agree or disagree with that move? Well, um, with the cars that we were dealt, I agree with it. But do I endorse that uh, decision from the gate? No, because 
and this is a political thing, but the pandemic response team that the government, well, Obama's administration doctored in, uh, was made just for situations like these. And, and Trump, Trump yeah. ended up disbanding the entire department. He's insane. I've also been seeing things like his son or somebody's involved with one of the companies coming up with a vaccine and all these other things like that. Yeah. It's... Did you see he called it the Chinese virus? No, I didn't see yeah, that. Yeah, he tweeted... Oh, I can't, I don't have my phone in front of me, but he tweeted, um, like, you know, whatever about what was going on. And then he was like, I forget how he said it, but he basically said something like, we're going to get through this Chinese virus. <laughs> it's just insanity. Yeah. Uh, I always wonder how, like, when is it going to stop with them? Like, are how your listeners, the, uh, go. Trump supporters or? I would say no. Okay. <laughs> I don't think we draw that demographic. However, I have a variety of listeners, um. And from all over the country. Well, as I always global. say, make America great. You know, we, we, the American population, <laughs> have to band together and and fight for our rights because who else is going to fight for them? No, but uh, in all seriousness, he he made a very very uh, asinine move because that department, it literally is their task, their job to handle things like this and get in front of the the curve. Right. right now, we're behind it, and we're trying to be reactive instead of proactive. It's pretty sad when you see, like, other countries donating tests and things like that to us, and we're supposed to be, and so many people will say, America's the greatest country in the world. I mean, how many things have to happen for us to realize that America is not the greatest country in this world? We're, like, subpar anymore, I feel. I mean, I know there's more to that, and in some ways, people are probably pissed i even said that and whatever i don't care but it just seems <laughs> like like we're like the delinquents of the situation like we're like the kid that never pays attention and then it's test day and we're like oh shit we actually have to take a test and now we're trying to like cheat off of other people <laughs> and stuff like, yeah i guess um for other people's perspectives the grass is always greener on the other side you know yeah um so i am a little on the verge of panic, but not really panic, but I just, you know, my dad with his kidney transplant, I put a PSA up um, the other day on Facebook for those who do not follow me on Facebook, basically just stating that for like somebody who is, and if I'm wrong, correct me here, for somebody who is generally healthy, this is not, most likely not life or death for them. Um, and we've seen that, like we've seen people, you know, getting over it, whatever the case may be. But for somebody like my dad, it is life or death for him. But also with that being said, a cold could be life or death for him. The flu could be life or death, for him. just anything. So I am a little bit panicked for that reason, you know, making sure that he's safe and people are staying away from him. And that's what gets me angry because, you know, he's working on it, but not yet. He still has to go to work. So for people who are just being inconsiderate and thinking that this is an overreaction and not taking the proper proto- like steps or whatever to keep everybody safe, because it's not just about us as individuals. And I think that's what we lose sight of. We think when it's not personally affecting us somehow, either directly or through a family member, we tend to throw caution to the wind. It's like, mm, I'm fine. My immediate people around me are fine. I'm still going to go do X, Y, and Z. But like it, to me, it kind of seems like right now they're just basically asking people to stay home if you can to try to contain it, like just to kind of get control of it and give it, you know, a week or two and 
hopefully it'll improve by then. So I'm a little bit, I'm, I'm like one of those panic buyers, I think. When everybody went out to the store, I went out to the store only because I was nervous there was going to be no food left. <laughs> just for just regular consumption, not to even bulk buy. But also, too, Dominic's off at school, so I wanted to make sure I had enough stuff here for him during the day. Because I'm used to not really eating that much during the day. But, um, I don't know. Would you say that's a fair, a fair panic level for me? Um, yeah. Uh, you know, it's, there's, <clears throat> oh, there's cause for concern. Go ahead. Sorry, and I was going to say, while you're answering that, can you also uh, explain the comparison or the, um, I don't, I don't know where I want to say it, but the, shoot, I had the word on the tip of my tongue. Tip of the tongue. How dangerous or how, um, I don't know what the word is, but people comparing flu to the coronavirus and why you explained to me the other day that that is like completely inaccurate and not a valid comparison. So if you could touch on that too, that'd be great. Sure, sure, sure. So, um, I just, you know, caution people to jump to comparisons with, uh, or to conclusions rather, um, you know, about the flu and, and COVID-19 just because the flu, influenza A and B have been around for quite a while. And although Corona, the novel coronavirus has, uh, had different forms, um, COVID-19 is fairly new and the stats are that, that people are comparing COVID-19 to the flu are skewed because the flu has been around for, you know, way longer than COVID-19 has. This is just starting. Um, and I just want people to understand that, you know, you can hear in the news, so, so-and-so is making a vaccine and, and they have plans to do this. That type of process takes years. It's not going to happen overnight. It's not going to happen within the next week or month even. I saw they were doing trial, uh, (coughs) like starting today in some places, uh, trial vaccines. Yeah, well, that's... That seems sketchy. That's not vetted yet because the proper, you know, the proper systems haven't had time to be put in place for that. And to be fair, it's something that, they haven't really seen this type of virus take hold in a population so fast. Um, so for them to say they're making a virus, I think that's that's hopeful more than or making a vaccine. That's hopeful more than more than anything. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, when I, I there's wishful thinking. You obviously wish that there is a vaccine that's being developed quickly and people can have access to it, but. Whether rather or not that if that's real, I don't I don't know I couldn't really speak on that. What do you think is the most craziest like thing you've heard about the about the coronavirus? Like I heard or I see people. I heard that minorities, blacks can't get it. <laughs> and I was like, whoa! Wait a second. What? Well, I can't. No, I... Waka Flocka said that too. Well, he straight up said that in an interview on, uh, I think it was not Breakfast Club, but Hot ninety seven. He was like, "Tell me one minority." I'm like, Waka. He's actually Mr. Flocka. He's actually in like a another 
I don't know what I want to say, controversial back and forth with people because he made a comment the other day. About even, the feminine stuff? Yeah, and even his own wife was like, just let people have fun. But I guess he was saying, for anybody that didn't see it, um, that flip challenge, I don't know if that's TikTok related or I'm not yeah, a TikTok I user. I don't, I don't know. But I think you know, they're called TikTokers. Yeah. Tiki tickies. Tiki tickies. I like tiki Um But they basically just switch places with their partner, their girlfriend, their boyfriend, whatever. And uh-huh. he was saying that you could never catch him doing that, that you know, dressing as a woman is not the wave and to stay woke and his own wife got in the comments and was like, oh, just Lord. stop, like so, let people have fun. Like, chill out. Yeah, I think um toxic masculinity is uh is definitely a prevalent issue. Uh where but at the same time it he has a a point about society today that we're pushing feminine energy on men a lot more than than you would have seen 10 20 years ago um so i think that part of him is kind of over over dramatic but you know i understand where he's coming from so all right so then there's no truth to the fact that black people are immune from corona that hasn't been proven I heard, this is what I heard was the reason behind it. Because I did some research after I saw people talking about that. Like, at first I thought it was a joke. And Uh then I saw people, some people really believed it. So I was like, all right, where is this coming from? And basically, whoever started it, or whatever started it, was saying that because black people have more melanin in their skin, that it it's something about the melanin that makes the corona, of, like, them immune to, or you immune to the corona. All I'm going to say is that it hasn't been proven and, and or scientifically tested, so there's no valid claim that you can you can say that. I don't, I don't um, subscribe to rumors. I try not to. Anyway, uh, but definitely not about science, just because anyone and everyone has an opinion, but rather not whether or not that's backed by science is a whole another conversation. Um, okay, and before we get off of the corona, the last thing I wanted to have you talk about a little bit is just what you think your personal opinion on what the um, economy is going to face as a result of this coronavirus. Like, yeah, what's I've happening, what you that, think is going to happen. You know? That that has more of um seems like that's going to have more of a hit to it than, than people's health, really. Um, you know, I don't, I don't take a, the virus like this lightly, obviously, but the socioeconomic concerns that come along with um, businesses closing, people getting sent home, um, uh, you know, schools closing people not buying stuff really and that's that's the issue Wuhan I think um, I read this in an article I'm not sure if it's backed up and, or not but Wuhan I think uh, administered a economical boost um, type of program and I think they gave everyone above the age of 18 like a thousand some US yang dollars yang 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 yeah. Yang, everybody thought Yang was insane a month ago. Like, let's just talk about that for a second. Everybody thought he was insane to have this $1,000 a month dividend, um, the financial div- freedom. freedom dividend. Yeah. And now I just saw Mitt Romney and a couple other people have been, like, seriously talking about how, at least throughout this period of time, that mm-hmm. everybody should get $1,000 to help them relieve the... 
Well, I was on the Yang Gang train, uh, and I believe you got me onto that kick, but um, he recently backed uh, your boy Biden. No, he didn't. He did. I don't. I don't uh, really mess with him like that anymore. Like. You know, and it doesn't didn't make a lot of sense. I watched a little bit of the uh, debate uh, the other night between uh, Bern, my, my main man Bernie, and there are Uncle bigger Biden. things. I think it's safe to say it. There are bigger things to play here with Bernie because every time it just seems like the Democratic Party does whatever they need to do to make sure he is not the uh, nominee, like. This is insane. He had all the momentum, I feel like. Yeah, but nobody, nobody's them. really backing him. That's um, young and they're not, they're not supporting him because, you know, I don't know if Biden just has that type of pull or he's being, you know, guilted into it or whatever Obama, it is. So but has the Obama. Uh, Obama effect. didn't even want him to be. I know, <laughs> he but didn't because him. people know him from that, that has been like the biggest. It's because of his stance. You know, and that's that's one thing that actually might come back to bite him in the ass. Uh, I don't know if you saw, but he just cussed out one of these union workers about guns. So yeah, guy, I did. Yeah, he approached him. He's like, so you said this and that about uh, taking away people's rights to AR-15s. And he said, you're full of shit. <laughs> you know, and then this woman started talking. He's like, no, shush. That's one. <laughs> if you're a female and, you know, a woman and you respect yourself, hopefully, uh, that just is a clear sign that he's not on that type of kick and he doesn't respect women. It's very similar to a Trump-esque type personality. But the main point being, he was saying, oh, do you need 100 rounds? And uh, I have a 20 gauge. I'm like, okay, he's saying random guns that he doesn't even know anything about. He's like, well, you said this about AR-15s, and I'm just trying to confront you um, on what you said. It was on video. He's like, well, that video could have been false. Bro, it was literally you on video saying you don't want people to have AR-15s. He's against uh, legalizing marijuana uh, for medical purposes and otherwise recreational he, you know, his stances are very absolute, and I think the main piece that is going to bite him in the ass um, is that a lot of nationalists, people who like to have guns and, you know, support that movement, are going to vote against this guy because that is something that they'll never, you know, wiggle on or, or sacrifice that point. Like, yo, if my president isn't about guns then I don't want him to be my president or her. Yeah, that's... And I always think that is absolutely insane, no matter... Biden aside, it's just because even when Obama's in office, the, the simple concept of trying to explain to people, for the most part, with the exception of um, military-grade weapons and things like that, that he wasn't trying to remove your rights to bear arms, but to put things like proper testing and background checks into place. Like, it just to me seems like common sense. Why are we not, why have we not been doing that? Nobody that has like, you know, some serious mental issues or mental health history or whatever the case may be should be able to just walk into a store and buy a gun. No matter what, I don't care what political party or affiliations. It just never made sense to me. But, um, yeah, whatever. Yeah. I mean, 
unfortunately, that's the world we live in. So. Yeah. So, do you have anything else? Uh, do you have a coronavirus bay? A coronavirus bay? That is also a thing, a trending thing with coronavirus. There's What What does that entail? Wait, what's nine months from today? Well, it's today. I don't even know today what month we're March in. Today is March. March. 17th. April, May, June, July, August, September, October, November, December. It's about to be a lot of December babies. What, yeah. what zodiac sign is that? I, I need know. my phone. I need my Google. I have no idea. Um, Wait, Sagittarius? Yeah, that'd be Sagittarius, depending on when they fall in the month, I guess. Yeah, I yeah, guess. Yeah, Sagittarius. So there's about to be a, t- a shit ton of Sagittarius babies. <laughs> yeah, there's, I mean, there's nothing else to do. There was this funny meme I saw the other day. It was... Like, well, all the sports are canceled. I found this lovely lady on my couch. <laughs> Apparently, she's my wife. <laughs> I know, I saw this too. So, do you have a, cor- a coronavirus bay? I don't know what that means. What um, does that mean? It means a quarantine bay, like, some, like you know, Netflix and chill, but on a quarantine level. Oh, yeah. Well, of course. Aww, that would be nice. you. Good for you. Right? Moving right along. No. <laughs> <laughs> what do you mean? Let's get to some. Let's get to this shit. If I we know. may, I'm hanging it up. So for one, I want to say it's funny to have you on this, and for the people that you've been have, talking shit yeah. about me for the past <laughs> two months. We have listeners that tune in weekly with us. They're like, yo. Shout out to the listeners that tune in weekly. I can't believe Andrew in the flesh is on <laughs> here. Like, what? I know his whole life story. No, no, no. First yeah. of all, I never even said your name, so you just put that piece to the puzzle together. Well, maybe I, I don't think I ever really did. I just said my current situation, or I'm currently single, or whatever the case may be, it was never directed at he you. He who shall not be named. So. Voldemort. Yeah. Yeah. You are Voldemort. You are the devil. You are. <laughs> so, yeah. So, for 12 episodes now. We're on episode 13. I have come in one week. I've been madly in love. The next, I've been single. So I just want to <laughs> let y'all know that she drank a little mini Sutter home before we started this. Just to get into the mode. Oh, you didn't listen to the one episode I drank wine on. <laughs> it, was, <laughs> it was rough. Like, what is a Sutter home going to do? It just takes the edge off. Podcasting is, you know, it's a little stressful sometimes. Mm. Especially when you're podcasting with the person you've been talking shit on for three, <laughs> six, twelve weeks. So anyway, yeah, I that. whenever Sam and I started this podcast, and you're aware of this, but I'm more so just you know telling anybody who's listening. And we covered this in episode one. We felt like there was a need, based off of questions people would come to us with, just you know every every now and then, and then it became like a daily thing. We would both individually or collectively get messages about. Our co-parenting, how we got to the place that we did, um, you know, dealing with co-parenting in and out of relationships, you know, at different times, either Sam was in a relationship or whatever the case may be and how that affected me, how that affected our co-parenting. And now, you know, I've been in situations before, but you are the first, um, like relationship relationship I've been in co-parenting. So it's always a little bit different from this perspective because... You know, as the mom, I have a different role for Dominic versus, like, Sam having Dominic and dating and my... Do you know what I'm trying to say? Mm -hmm. And my involvement with them versus me dating Dominic and your involvement in that. It's a little bit different, I feel like, because, for one, I have a son, and I think that has a different aspect to it 
Like, it's important that, for me at least, I try to have a good balance of making sure Dominic, you know, understands that, you know, he has his dad and his dad is his dad and, you know, he has that role and it's great. And then he has another male role model in his life that in no means am I ever trying to replace or blur those lines. So a lot of times I get questions about how you handle it, what you think. Um, Are you okay with as close as friends as Sam and I are? Because most people tell me that like the type of friendship now that I have with Sam, that they just don't get it. They don't get how everything works, how somebody can date me and be cool with me being so cool with my son's father. So I'll let you... Yeah, I don't, uh, I don't have any type of issues with a healthy co-parenting relationship. A lot of times I think people are adverse to that because it's almost unheard of to, to be good co-parents and even friends, for that matter, without having feelings anymore. Or, you know, the other person involved in a relationship being assured and trusting that you guys don't have feelings. I've never been a jealous type of person. Um, I'm a firm believer in if you are ever trying to be uh, involved with somebody else or or cheating or whatever it might be, um, then that's something that you were going to do regardless of if I controlled your decision and said, hey, you're not allowed to hang out with this person. Mm-hmm. You're a grown adult. You're going to do what you want to do anyway. And I'd rather you show your true colors and me find out that this didn't work than it happened when we get married or it happened 20 years down the line, mm-hmm. you know? So I've, I've never really cared that much. And I'm also uh, a follower of Jesus. So I firmly believe that I don't make my significant other my God. And I, I, I don't want people to misunderstand that, but I don't make it, um, I don't make it a point to, to invest everything that I am as far as my my being, my soul, you know, um, anything like that, into my significant other in that way. Mm-hmm. I mean, like, if if that person were to leave me, I'm not going to say to myself, oh, I'm, what good am I? My life is over. But I'll be sad, sure. But I think a lot of times people blur the line of what the Ten Commandments really means. Mm-hmm. And he says, thou shall not put any other gods before me. That doesn't just mean false deities or idols, anything. It means anything, money, relationships, material items, even your job. Some people put their job and say, you know, they say they're Christians, but that's another conversation uh, before God, you know, because it's that lucrative for them or it's been providing for their family or what have you. So to that effect, um, relationships don't don't really affect me in that way so I think coming from that mentality I don't see it as a threat plus I like Sam he's a cool dude very good father um and I look up to him uh because he's older than me and he's handling a situation the best that he can and you as well I have a child too and you know it's not ideal to be in a co-parenting relationship obviously but nobody sets out for it right and but mine is not yours Mm -hmm. so it's just interesting to see the dynamic from you guys to 
my situation and uh i really have a lot of respect for it you know i obviously there's boundaries to be respected in that i'm not i'm not saying you could just do whatever you want and i'm just going to be cool with that but i for the most part i think both of you have been respectful you you've been inclusive um caring and thoughtful about how this situation could possibly affect me mm-hmm. and that's all I ask really is that because I'm the new guy right I'm coming right. in with zero experience of how to interact with your son mm-hmm. or what my role in his life is mm-hmm. and so at first yeah that that did kind of scare me a little bit mm-hmm. because I was like oh well you know, I don't, my boy, he, um, he actually just got engaged. He proposed to his, his girl for three years. So go Rodney. Um, but I really, I really need my soundboard. Cause I could have just been like, hitting my <laughs> closet. I could have hit the gunshots when I was talking. Like, there's just so <laughs> many opportunities. Drop a bomb on you. <laughs> All right, Flex, enough with the bombs. But, um, yeah, his, his situation was kind of the only one I knew that was like this. So I kind of. I told you this. I I went to him and I asked him for advice before we went down that road. Like, Mm -hmm. before we even moved in together. Mm -hmm. He he has been with his um, girlfriend for three years, like I said. Fiance. Fiance. That's very important. Trust me. Lord willing, when I'm getting engaged, if somebody ever calls me out my title. If. It's like, no. If somebody ever calls me outside my title, it's going to be on site. Such a girlfriend ass, though. It's going to be on site. But uh, anyway, he has been with her for three years. And um, she essentially lives with him while not living with him. They live so close, but she's always at his house. She has two kids, uh, two different fathers. Um, One is... Uh, I want to say 10 now. The other is 6, I believe. Or okay. 7. And um, the ones, the, the older one, the daughter, she, her dad is still in her life. The younger one, the boy, the son, uh, his dad, I don't think, is involved uh, in his life. So Rodney, my best friend, um, kind of assumed the role of his dad. Okay. And it was even harder because Anaya already, you know, has a father in her life. Right. And um, Rodney didn't know, okay, well, if I'm being a father figure, quote unquote, to the younger one. Because you can't just like turn it on and turn right, it off. Right. So it's a, it was an interesting dynamic. And you also, in that situation, don't want to make the older sibling feel left out mm. or what have you. So I don't know how that happened, but... Um, you know, the younger, the son calls Rodney dad now. Mm-hmm. You know, he calls him daddy. And that's who he knows to be his father. And Rodney was like, yo, you just do it. You just, just jump in. You just get to know him and that's it. It's not that big of a deal. And yeah. I was like, I feel like it's a bigger deal than you're making it. Because <laughs> he's like, he's so chill about everything. And um, I tend to, I don't know, preemptively freak out about things because... Except get for the corona. Head. No, no. <laughs> you're like, yeah, anything medical related that most people would freak out about, you're just like, meh. But then, like, the little things that most people are like, 
well, this isn't little, but other things in life that people normally are just like, this is part of life and you handle it, you move on, you're like, no. <laughs> I don't know. That's a big is. deal. Like, what? Yeah. It is an adjustment. And I just, um, I think that I'm very appreciative, and I, and I have said this on one or multiple episodes, that I don't think it would work out the same way for me if I didn't have somebody that had those understandings and beliefs that you initially started with yeah. about, you know, as far as your security and your trust. and just... Yeah, it wouldn't work with a guy who's insecure at all because by all intents and purposes, um, Sam is is a guy that you don't really, like, lose feelings for. It seems like you guys have a good relationship and somebody who's insecure might think, oh, well, he, he works out, he's a trainer, he's uh, intelligent, blah, blah, blah. There's no way she doesn't still have feelings for him. Like, they were attracted to each other once before. People so, say that to me all the time. Yeah, so it's, yeah. It's, it really takes somebody who knows, one, their worth, and two, who um, doesn't trip over stuff like that. Yeah, and somebody, too, that has an understanding that... Um, like, it truly has an understanding, and I've I've given this, Sam and I both, even on that podcast, have just admittedly been open about the fact that we're just two people who got together really young, and we grew apart, mm-hmm. and there's just nothing wrong with that. That's life. Like, not everybody is meant to go with you right. to different levels of your, they're, they're there for a reason. He was part of, and that probably, you know, Dominic amongst others, he was in my life for a reason, still is in my life but in that capacity was in my life for a reason he taught me a lot about myself about you know what type of woman I want to be what type of girlfriend you know eventually wife I want to be what I want out of motherhood and parenting he taught me a lot um I say all the time I grew up with him through adulthood so I'm very appreciative of him and being with him put me in the space that I am here with you like it's how I ended up being with you because had I met you a couple years ago or any time before I did, honestly, I, I, I wouldn't have been ready. It would have been complete chaos. Yeah. It's been bumpy, mm. but it would have been like, it would have been insane because I was just, I was on a journey to say the least. <laughs> so then what do you think has been the biggest adjustment for you as far as everything goes like well like i said um for the most part everything has been cool calm collected and what really shouldn't have um ever been an issue was only an issue because i didn't know what was going on don't give that we're gonna talk about that but we're gonna do that when we're all here we did have for what he's alluding to is we did have our first well we can we could discuss the bare minimum of it. I won't get okay. into the details, but you asked me, so. Like should, you know. No, it's fine. You can be here when we talk about it. No, like, not in even depth, that. But... Just, you know, a little lingering. Tune in next week type thing for here, here where, right, where right, the That's what you want to do. Yeah, that's fine with me. <laughs> I don't care. But yeah, so, like I said, for the most part, um, everything has really been a great experience as far as the being included type of thing. I don't have any, and, and any I... negatives about that because... You're mindful of it, he's mindful of it, and you guys are, like, not opposed to me or threatened by me being involved with Dominic. No, not Even though I try to, 
my my mantra not mantra but my like modus operandi when it comes to other people's children mm-hmm. is i'm gonna stay hands off on on things that i would you know be hands-on with my son about because i don't want to overstep i have the tendency to to be overbearing sometimes um not that i would be to your child but like on certain things let me give you an example like oh i i don't know if a dad would want to teach his son the importance of xyz or does he care if it's me that teaches him xyz Mm -hmm. just out of convenience of where he's at on that given day or week you know right right so those are the type of things i think about before i do anything like i love dominic he's a cool kid um but while like while i step in and teach him everything that a quote-unquote father is supposed to teach him no only because i have respect for sam and how you guys want to raise your son other things like okay dom this is how you're supposed to do this and um, you know, you can't, you can't do this necessarily or else this will happen. Like I, I tend to teach him consequential type stuff just so he knows, you know, you can do these things, but you have to understand this is going to come of it. Right. You know, that type of stuff. Um, Hold on, right there. and I'll just take a second to say that I, and I, I don't want to speak for Sam so he can next like whenever we're able to all sit down together I'll bring this up to him and let him give his opinion on it but just conversations that I've had with Sam many conversations about what our goals were as co-parents and when we start dating what our expectations were I think Sam and I are both at a place where like we just want the best for Dominic so for example um Dominic went to Disney World he used to go to Disney World with me on the weekend of Sam's birthday just always used to work out that way because of like prices were cheap before Christmas and even this year he went for Dominic went for his own birthday so Sam didn't get to spend his birthday with Dominic but and he was kind of like you know that sucks but he knew how much Dominic would love to be there so Mm -hmm. he's like go ahead and take him and I say that like to say that we're the same way with everything so Whatever opportunities are available for Dominic, we want him to have those. So we would want him to be able to have access to your experiences and your knowledge and the things that you're able to show and teach him and mine and Sam's and, you know, Sam's relationship that he's in. And I don't want to talk about that with him, but you know what I mean? Like we Mm -hmm. want him to have access to everything and we feel like. And I'll say I, I feel like that's the best for a kid because then as he continues to grow, he'll pull from each person what he likes and what he identifies with and what he relates to and shape himself into the man that he wants to be. I also want to say that in my advice to anybody would be to be very careful that when you're selecting your partner, because it is important to make sure you're choosing somebody that has the same core beliefs as you in your child's father or mother um I wouldn't be with somebody that I didn't think aligned with the things that the values that I think are important not just for my son but for myself Mm -hmm. so I have I it doesn't I'm not fearful of you taking Dominic say out somewhere 
and teaching him things because I know you, I know the person you are, I know what you stand for, I know where your beliefs are. And they're pretty yeah, much I, in I, line I, with I mine. get that. Um, but I'm coming from a place more of like, I, I it is in his best interest, right? But it's it's memories that you can never get back or, you know, um, mm. redo. It's, okay, I associate the first time I learned how to ride, ride a bike with my father. So you're talking more so like pivotal... It could be anything. You don't, you don't always know what yeah. children remember. You know what I mean? So... Do am I limiting my contact with him because of that? No, not necessarily, but it is in the back of my mind, because I have memories of my mom's uh, on an on again off again boyfriend while her and my dad were divorced. Uh, you know when I was young, and mm-hmm. things that to me like should have been my dad. You know what I mean? And yeah. that was just my experience. That's how I grew up, <clears throat> and. You know, I may just have been a product of my environment. He, there was nothing wrong with him. He was a cool guy, but uh, I was just like, well, Deb, you know, why wasn't that you kind of thing? Or, you know, it's not like a jealousy type of thing. I don't think kids have, but you associate those feelings of positivity and learning something new or playing a, a video game for the first mm-hmm. time with someone like that. You know what I mean? No. Your situation sucks. Like I said, you don't have to... You can share whatever you choose to share. I would generally agree with that. Um, But I also think that in my situation, I'll keep it personal, Dominic's situation, being that Sam is here active, like, uh, you know, I want to say almost daily. Like, he pretty much has been daily, you know, except for when he gets really busy with training. But... um, He's here all the time. So, yeah, let's say, let's use the bike riding thing. So, maybe we take him to the park to ride bikes, and that's a memory he has with you. But then there's going to be a million other that he's going to have with his dad because his dad's always around in there. So, I don't view it as such, like, like such a thing mm-hmm. just because, like, you know, like you said, to start, nobody plans to be in a co-parenting situation. Yeah. I didn't plan to have my son being, you know, essentially raised with two different male figures in his life. But that's right. that's just his, that's where what it is. So I feel like I'm not fearful of that just because, like I said, Sam's always around. And to be honest, like I said, there are certain things that, you know, Sam growing up in an inner city Philly that, Sam, like, that he won't, like, for example, my dad is a fisher, a fisherman. Uh-huh. My brother's a fisherman. Most likely, Do- Sam's not a fisherman. Mm-hmm. So most likely, Dominic's going to have that experience and has already with my dad and brother. And that's not anything, like, but growing, but me growing up, right. my dad taught me how to fish. And I agree with you. Like, mm-hmm. that's, a, that's a pivotal memory. I used to love going to Twin Lakes with my dad and him taking me and my brothers to fish and, you know, whatever the case may be. Yeah. But I also understand that, like, that's only because he was a fisherman. hmm So, do you know what I mean? Like, what I'm trying to say, if I'm making sense at all? Yeah, I think it would be different if you uh, lived outside of the state or lived far away, or farther yeah. away from Sam. That he And wasn't. that was my experience, so that's yeah. probably why I feel that way. But, yeah, I get what you're saying. <clears throat> and, you know, growing up, I think... Around my teenage years, I was kind of resentful towards my dad for for some of those reasons. And what you said was, um, 
you're kind of like, okay, I know you, you know, I'm talking to my dad in this situation. I know you didn't uh, fix cars or know that much about cars or whatever. But like, why do all my friends' dads teach them about cars? Like, why are, why are all these other white, like white kids that I'm going to school with, they know about all this quote unquote manly stuff that I'm supposed to know too. And I don't, I don't know this stuff. Mm -hmm. Like I know sports. I know like different shit. Like I know how to fight, but like, I want to know the normal stuff. You know what I mean? I want to know the stuff that, you know, by all intents and purposes, the dad is supposed to teach his son even if you don't do it like teach me about it so or or get me somebody that i don't know put me around somebody that can do it you know what i mean so we kind of stumbled onto something here and i'm just gonna pose this and you can run with it because this isn't you know i'm a third i'm an outsider in this i was listening to something once um where i think it was on breakfast club and charlamagne and angela or i were talking about how up until like our generation, like your age and stuff like that. So your parents being the example, um, when they were growing up, they were in survival mode because of how this country was to them. So a lot of like, like maybe your dad didn't have the luxury of just having time to learn how to fix a car because he had to harness other things for survival because of how crude this country was the black people Mm. which was like a trickle down effect of why you saw white kids or people around you learning basic things like how to fix a car how to do this how to do that versus your situation with your dad where it was like he taught me other things but he didn't teach me just little things about life or Mm -hmm. how to do things so would you say that that's like yes i would i would put it more on a personal thing. My dad didn't have his dad in his life. So mm-hmm. he he literally had to go from no knowledge of how to how that works at all, you mm-hmm. know. So I give him credit where credit's due on that because that's tough. He taught me a lot though. My core human uh motivation and some of my a lot of my morals. He taught me about the word, you know what I mean? He brought mm-hmm. me into my beliefs and he didn't force it on me, which I thank him for all the time. He just reminded me who I was, where I came from, mm-hmm. and hopefully where I was going. Mm-hmm. You know, and I was very thankful of that. You know, mm-hmm. uh, because a lot of a lot of those, like I said, on the flip side, a lot of those kids that I was going to school with that did learn about those everyday type of dad son type of shit. Um, they don't have that. They don't have what I have. They don't necessarily... They didn't get a father who boxed. They didn't ha- have a father who put him in boxing ever since they were young. Mm-hmm. They didn't have a father who uh, reiterated the scriptures in his head until you know he was a grown man and, and taught him about everything that he needed to know about as far as who I was as a man, who I was in Christ. Mm-hmm. And not just in this world, because you could, you could teach your son how to navigate this world to the cows come home, but he needs to, in my opinion, he needs to know who his soul really is, not this body that 
is navigating through the world. He needs to know who he was before he came here and who he's going to be after he leaves here. Um, and so that, that was a big piece that my dad is, you know, he's never sacrificed, um, telling me about faith or teaching me about faith. Mm. And so that's something I'll never, ever, um, take for granted. So it, it does come with its, um, plus positives and negatives, obviously, but, I think it made me stronger than a lot of my colleagues or friends or whatever you want to call them. Uh, because I I had to do all that stuff, the normal stuff on colleagues. my own. Imagine I, being like eight and having colleagues. <laughs> <laughs> I had to do literally all that on my own. And people like me uh, in my situation, I don't think I'm that different from a lot of black people, black uh, men coming up, at least in a... Uh, community like I grew up in, um, to say, you know, we, we have a similar type of resolve when it comes to things like that. And mm-hmm. when shit hits the fan, we are, we have a much calmer mind than people who aren't used to doing things that are sell- themselves. We have a much easier way of handling things because are you uh, low-key, like, throwing shots over at me? Because the way you're looking at me, I feel like, <laughs> I feel like there's some people. No, right no, now. I'm talking about men in particular. No, that's I think, but I think that's true across the board. Maybe, Maybe yeah, more. I can't speak on how moms and moms well, teach I their daughters. Well, I because, it, like, you know, these are also conversations I've also shared with Sam, but, um, and I'm, you know, I'm bringing him up because the fact that, this is the podcast <laughs> being ours. I feel weird just saying that, but um, I don't know who I would be or where I would be without my parents on a day to day basis. They are the model of who I am as an adult. Like they, that's how I know how to be an adult. You know, and then I've I've pulled things from them. So things I like, you know, as I get older or whatever. But I say that to say, like, I have the utmost respect for you or even, like, Sam, like, him not having his dad there either. He would be like your dad in this instance. He's yeah. figuring it out as he goes. He's and, doing a and really sometimes good job for I, sometimes sure. I step back and I'm just like, wow, you're, I have so much respect for people in your guys' situations because I know how much I, I lean on my parents. Let me tell you a, a quick story about an interaction I had with my dad. I was homeless, living out of a minivan uh, that a friend let me drive, go, trying to go to school. Um, and I think it was like November, December time, freezing. I had like mad comforters in my car, but... By the time it got, by the time the sun set, they were freezing too. So it was like putting ice on top of ice. Oh my god! I was like, I called my dad one day. I was like, Dad, like I don't, and I'm I'm a prideful person. So it you took don't me, say. <laughs> it took me a long time to even get to this point. You have to understand. Uh huh. But once I was there, to like knowing me, you would know. Like, okay, he really needs help if he's right. admitting. So I call my dad. I'm like, yo, and I could, I'm not older than 17. I think I was a freshman year of college and I'm in bumfuck like country to me, New Kensington. 
I started Penn State there, and then I went up to Maine uh, after two years. But so I'm in New Kent, freezing my ass off in this van. Um, and I call my dad. I'm like, yo, uh, like I see you driving around this Porsche. Like, what's up? <laughs> like, this at this time he owned a couple cigar shops around Pittsburgh, and he was you know doing his thing, and he was breaking in a lot of money. I'm like, Dad, I really need help. Like, I can't, aff- I, I can't afford food. Like, wh- what are you going to do? Like, I need help, yo. I'm really homeless out here. He said, good. It'll build some character and hung up. Oh, my <laughs> I, gosh. I was like, yo, he's drawling for that because I just, I don't understand. But... You know, not me. Like I said, that may have. No wonder you're not worried about buying food for the. (laughs) I've asked Andrew like every day, like, do you think we have enough food for three weeks? He's like, yeah, we're fine. And I'm looking like we did go grocery (laughs) shopping. But in my mind, I'm doing the math. I'm like, all right, we have like one pack of chicken. We'll hunt for it. We have like two packs of ground turkey. We got raccoons. And we don't really like do a lot of meats. We didn't buy any fish this time for some reason. Like. I'm like, oh, okay, I think we got food for the next week. I don't know about three weeks. Yeah, so, you know, and as as extreme as that sounds, he was right in a sense. And he, he I, I did end up building character from it. Obviously not the way I would have hoped <laughs> in, what was that, 2010, 2009. But it, um, it's one of those things that I've lived through. Um, that I can build from experience wise and I can, I'll never let myself get back to that point. You know, people say rock bottom is, is the best motivator because you can't go any lower. So you got nothing else to lose. Like I didn't, I didn't get involved in drugs. I didn't get involved in gangbanging. Like I knew people in all that type of areas of, of life. Like a lot of my boys that I grew up with that stayed in Pittsburgh, got into that type of stuff. A, a bunch of them end up doing time for stupid stuff like that. One of my boys got killed. Uh, he got his head beat in with a bat because he was stealing cars. And he died when he was 14. I was in Jersey, but you know what I mean? Like, I could have easily gone into a lifestyle like that and um, been okay. But... I don't believe in rock bottoms. What do you mean? Well, because I used to. But once I started getting a little bit more into my faith and belief in God mm-hmm. and what he's capable of, I've come to understand that even when I've been at my lowest of lows, and you've seen me at my lowest of lows, like I would say yeah. that probably shortly after I lost my grandma and a mix of other things, I used to think to myself that was rock bottom. There's so many times in my life I've Where? thought... I this was, is it, This man. is it. This is it, This man. is the worst thing I've ever experienced. It's over. No, I mean, but I then, get what you're saying, but, but then, I mean rock I bottom God, in the sense of a worldly, like, by all intents and purposes, the world views you as, yo, your situation is fucked. Yeah. But I only say that to say, like, you know, for people listening, because I know you know where I'm going with that thought. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, you can, God can always... You think that maybe you've lost everything or you're at your worst or, you know, break up or you lost someone that you love. But, like, the book of Job shows us God can always continue to take away more. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So, whenever... Oh, look at you. Book of Job <laughs> drop. 
She's out here preaching. Let's go. But that's one of that is one of Tell the us parts, about Joe. But that is one of the things that I read I read years ago and it always stuck with me because I found it so fascinating because it was the first time I really had a Opening. Give us a, a little snippet of what that is for okay. people who are listening. Well, I hope I, I hate talking. Sometimes I get nervous talking to Andrew about this because he's so versed and everything, and I'm just like a beginner level. But my understanding of Job mm-hmm. was that, you know. Thank you for not calling him Job, by yeah. the way. <laughs> Steve Jobs. Yeah, Jobby Job. <laughs> Steve, my impression of Steve Jobs was <laughs> that, you know, the there was involvement of the devil in. in He was basically telling God that if you took everything from him, he'll curse you. Right? Long story short. Mm -hmm. And God was saying saying that he doesn't believe Job will do that because he's a faithful follower. Blah, 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 blah. Fast forward to the trials and tribulations where he basically, you know, put disease over his farm and animals. Livestock took all that away. His children. Like, everything. He stripped him. His wife, yeah. 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 Took his health away. Yeah. Took everything away. And throughout and he never cursed them. He questioned why is this happening, which is okay to question. Yeah. It's okay to ask God, like, please give me understanding why yeah. this is happening. Like what clarity, is going on? Right. patience, whatever. But he never cursed them. And then, you know kids nowadays mm-hmm. excuse my uh forwardness, but a lot of white kids nowadays. The whites. Like, <laughs> they'll be like <laughs> Cursing their mom for taking away their skateboard for a day. Like, people are really... Stop. Dominic's far new thing like, I can't I'll stand it. i kill you in your sleep. Dominic's new thing is like, what do you say today? He'll be like, this sucks. And I'm just like, excuse me? You can't do nothing but like laugh at that. Sometimes though. I do. Sometimes it Because <laughs> it does. Nerves. Like, in his life, it does suck. He called, Yeah, he called <laughs> Sam yesterday and was like, can you pick me up? And he's like, no, tomorrow morning. He's like, tomorrow morning? That sucks. And he's <laughs> like, all right. Like, I'm not mad when he says it like no, that. No, it's funny. But then, but then I got mad this morning because I heard him talking to you and he wanted to lay in our room because our bed's bigger. And yeah. his is naturally, he doesn't need a big bed. It's a regular twin he's size bed. He's four foot two. Not even. And he's like, I want to lay in your bed. Da, 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 it's bigger. Mine, I don't like my room. Uh-huh. Whatever. And then and you I were said, like, nah. no. And he's like... <laughs> Well, that sucks. And then he goes in the room. He's like, my room sucks. And then I get mad because like, you're ungrateful. Because yeah. you yeah, have yeah. a room. You have a room full of toys. Everything you could possibly want. We don't care what hey, you do in your room. Grass is like, always greener. You know? I know. But that. But anyway, so back to Book of Job. Yeah, right. Book of Job. So, Joby Job. Yeah, Steve Jobs. So that stood with me. That has stood with me, I would say, in like my adult Life is one of the yeah. things in the Bible I carry close to me because I always think like even when things are are bad and they feel like they're rock bottom, not just bad, but like when I feel like I'm on terrible. the verge of losing my mind yeah. in everything, mm-hmm. you know, questioning or maybe even having questions about oh, why right. am I even here? Right. I always try to ground myself with thinking, you have like it could be worse. Mm-hmm. It could always be worse. You have your health. You have your son. Blah blah blah. And I try to list the things of like that I am blessed with. And mm-hmm. I, and I also notice like a huge change in my relationship with God and blessings. Whenever something bad does happen, I try to make a con- as hard as it is sometimes. I try to make a conscious. You know, I stop myself and I just thank, stop and thank God. Mm. Thank God for everything I have. 
And I start with that before I go and pray for anything I need. Because right. I know he already knows what I need. Yeah. But I, I start with just thanking him. But he him. wants you to speak to Right. Him. But yeah. I always want to start by thanking him for, mm-hmm. especially, you know, present day, like, being the example. My oh, health. Yeah. For my parents, help my family. Sometimes you ever pray and just get so nervous that you're forgetting somebody. <laughs> like, is it okay to just say like, Lord, I, I just um, if I'm forgetting anybody, I just want to put a general statement out there. <laughs> Anyone and everyone that I love, please take care of them. Sometimes, but but like I'll be like, Lord, please, you know, can, I'm grateful and thank you for uh, the health of, and I'll go through and individually list like yeah, people like me who have big families. I just had to. Well, I started. Oh God! <laughs> no. just, please, my sisters, all my cousins that I don't even know. Like that's what I do now. <laughs> I'm like my family. Um, you know, right. uh, Andrew, his family, Sam, his family. Like, you know, I'll just go through and do families. Right. But I get nervous because I'm like. So ripping off Rainia, Am, and Solari. Uh, yeah, let me get Zariah on there. No. Because my grand, my dad's mom, I remember when she used to pray, she used to get down by her bed on her knees and she would sit there for two hours and she had pictures of everybody on her wall uh-huh. and she would individually pray for everybody. And I remember the one time I slept over sitting there on my knees for like, it felt like forever. My knees hurt so bad. Yeah. But she like. That's powerful. She though. prayed for every single person. That's very powerful. Yeah. I feel like I'm still receiving those prayers now even at this point in my life mm-hmm. like those benefits of those prayers but yeah so it could all i don't even know how we got here i'm not mad at it uh suffering and and kind of being a stoic father really and being at a oh you're involved in with dominic rock bottom yeah in your experience involved yeah with i said all that to say your favorite line <laughs> i don't know if y'all notice her isms yet but i always get on her <laughs> for the way she talks i say all that to say um yeah, it, it's it all depends on, like we go back to the psychological debate, nature versus nurture, right? Where you come from, your environment, how you grew up, versus your your genes, hereditary, what what that has, uh, what that type of role plays in your life. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, like I said, my dad didn't have a father, and he kind of just grew up literally on the streets. Not kind of, he did, and. I don't know why he loves to tell his story, but he said he always brings it up somehow. He's like, granted, I could have been in jail for busting people's heads <laughs> open with pipes. I can attest to I'm that. Like, okay, remember Dad. the other story he told us when we were over there? Over yeah, the he busted my uncle's head in with He's a like, bowl. you know, whenever he busted, da da da. And you're like, uh, what? He's like, and my uh, to paint a picture, my dad's smaller. He's like 5'7", and he's always been short. So he's, one, on top of his chemical imbalance in his brain <laughs> my family is messed up by all intents and purposes but uh on top of that he has short man syndrome so his whole life he's like and he told me this he's straight up he's like if there was ever somebody i couldn't beat physically i grabbed the first thing i saw and bust him in the head with it i'm like damn dad you trying to kill somebody he's like he and the funniest thing is he never was laughing. Like, he was dead no, ass. He says it dead straight serious. Fe- straight face. Like, yeah, he gave I'm a, a testimony in church one time. <laughs> <laughs> See? Andrew got that Rona. I got the Rona. He was giving a testimony yeah. one time in church, and he was like, uh, you know, back, when, back in the day, back in my day when I used to be on the street, 
And he started, I'm not going to say, but he listed a few different things. I was like, oh, Yeah, he was shit. wilding. That was like, and I think earlier on in our relationship, I was like, oh, okay. shit. But doesn't that make sense now that you know me, too? Yeah. yeah. I love your dad. Mm, chill said, out. No, I do. Yeah, I, and I wanted to say, too, um, that is true. Like, as much as you, in your stepmom, like, as they are, you know, uh, pivotal people in the church they mm. are very immersed in the bible and right. they live they walk the talk that's mm-hmm. like one thing i've you know picked up about about them is they're living as they're preaching and right. but they are never judgmental they are who i believe christians were always designed to be yeah they're, they're not never perfect. judgmental no. they don't they don't try to yeah they don't think they're Mm-mm. perfect or above anybody and they don't force anything on you now if i go over there and i ask like hey can you help me, me understand this, this yeah. or whatever oh, yeah. he'll talk to you for, for hours. hours but he'll never just like if i come in he'll never just let me like, talk let me talk to you. let me talk, <laughs> let me holler at you let me holler at you you know about jesus <laughs> no he's not a yeah he's not a jehovah witness but um he uh he's always owned his the the hard times in his life and because it shapes you like he's always told me and I found this to be true in life uh, period is that you never want a leader that hasn't gone through stuff right. you never want somebody to lead you that hasn't been through the 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 terrible times because if shit hits the fan and you know they lead you into terrible times or somehow y'all find yourself in terrible times then what are they going to do? They'll all they'll fall apart because your leader doesn't even know how to handle it. You know what I mean? Right. So that's why I'm a firm believer that um, people... And then the Bible says this. First, first shall be last, last shall be first. And I, I think that means a lot of different things. But what I take away from it is just that, is that people who have been in a uh, very uh, tumultuous life and have lived... Um, you know, in the gut, in the gutter of life and, and have gone through shit. And you've gone through shit, I've gone through sh- And it doesn't mean, like, mine's worse than yours or whatever type thing like that. But people have, who haven't had a cookie-cutter type of lifestyle have a different, like, an entirely different view. And I think if you have gone through that, you know the view. And the people who haven't, They'll fight you tooth and nail to say, oh, I'm I'm hardened. I, I can handle this. I can handle that. But really, could, can they, though? That's that's the thing. I'm like, I don't trust a lot of people who really haven't been through things. Not yeah. because I want you to have gone through sorrow. I want you to know what it's like to get to that point and then come out of that point. Yeah. That's important to me. And to bring a full circle, this like even just a little bit that you've shared today, this is why I feel like, you know, making the best out of a situation, why Dominic is so blessed because, and why it's important who you choose to have around your kids, because I hope that he gains, he gets to hear these stories, you know, when he gets a little bit older and he's able to pull different things from your experiences and your experience with fam, your family. And, you know, he's obviously met you know, your family, but I hope he hears those stories from them one day and he can, and it just helps shape him and to the person that he ultimately wants to be. I think that's where we got started, but the most important thing to me and Sam and I are just, 
Like, if he were to take Dominic with his girlfriend and she were to show him something, mm-hmm. I'm not going to feel away because at the end of the day, and this is, this, is, this is the podcast right here. This has been on every episode I think we've said. At the end of the day, Dominic is first in every decision that Sam and I, our interactions with each other, what we do, how we do it. It's always with the mindset of Dominic being first, and I think that's why we have so much success. Right. Because we have uh, left our pride and egos a long time ago. Mm-hmm. Because there was a time where I didn't want certain things to go certain ways because I felt like as the mother, I should be doing this, or as the dad, he should be doing that. But I had to like completely remove my my own experiences, my pride, my ego, whatever, and just accept the situation for what it is so that he could really get the best out of everything. Because the way I was before, it was not... Let me ask you this. Would that still apply if he ended up being a serial killer? Would what part of it still apply? All of it. Any of it. I don't know how that would apply if he'd be a serial killer. Because we're talking about him learning growing up. Well, no. I mean, would you still have that same support for... And knowing that he's, a, you know, committing serial murders... I don't know. That's tough. I like. I can't ever imagine a day I'd turn my back on my son. So you would be like aiding and abetting. I just oh, want to get this on the record any, for a uh, few like you police. Know how many uh, people I've aided and abetted for. Already? Any any police officers listening? Um, her address is it's like. <laughs> Go ahead. Because <laughs> <laughs> that's also my address, but. Um. So. I th- I keep that thing too. So you come around this way, and you will get clapped. <laughs> and I know how to use it. This is where you drop the gunshot sounds. I'm also le- I'm pretty okay in verse and continuing to learn more how to be more comfortable with. But here's the thing about me: I'm probably the most dangerous one to come in here mm-hmm. with because I'll just shoot. All right, let me let me bring it out real no. quick. No. Yes. No. I'm bringing it. Stop! I don't want to have that on here. We're not bringing any guns on the episode. <laughs> We're just going to leave those away where they need to be. Um, Sorry, wrong wrong podcast. Yeah. So I think that kind of concludes our part. I, yeah. I don't know that. I don't feel like I fully got all the answers I wanted to for people. And you never will. So. Yeah. But I just want everybody to know that it is a real situation. We it, It's not like, you know, I'm making it up that Andrew's cool with my co-parenting situation or whatever the case may be it can be done but like i said i there's a lot of different specific factors that go into this situation that make it function the way that it does yeah i say the steps to take if you want it to work out uh make it make a profile on tinder (laughs) match with somebody um who lied in her bio pointing at her i didn't lie in my bio she said she was uh, blonde, no, I didn't. Blue eyed, sorry, <laughs> I don't go for you those. You lied anymore. in your bio. No, I didn't. But anyway, uh, yeah, match with them, lead them on for what six months, end up DMing them, and uh, I didn't immediately that. move in together. And, and that's the key. Work. Yes. Don't wait more than three months. Move in. Right in, because if you wait, take dates at Barnes and Noble. Anything you could get. Lazy boy. We were homeless at Barnes and Noble, bro. I Let's met her we, in her car. Let's I talk think. about <laughs> the first day. Talk about being homeless. We were homeless. Uh, don't speak for yourself. It's like no, no, we were both homeless. But um, yeah, it was it was the uh, best of times. It was the worst of times. But so, what advice would you give 
to, to um, a guy coming into a situation who has who's dating a girl who has a abort. Child. It's like <laughs> on a serious note, um, you really have to kind of just uh, gauge the situation because I like like you say I'm cool with things. People in like on the flip side, if I was giving advice to a guy coming into a situation, it doesn't. It's not always for certain that. The co-parenting situation is going to be as easy to integrate into as yours and Sam's. And that you're going to be as inclusive as you and Sam are. You know what I mean? So you just have to gauge what type of woman it is. And then I would say based upon that, uh, act accordingly. You know, if it's if it's a woman who wants you to be the male role model and sole male role model because she has a personal vendetta against her son's father or daughter's father, that is a problem. And you need to dive deeper into that. If she wants you to not be involved at all, like don't even make have a friendship with her child, that's also a problem. Because then, all right, well, this kid is living in my house. Uh, he's not just going to like grow up in my crib and just eat all my food and I, I don't get the respect. You know what I mean? That's a That could be a problem for many reasons. So those are the, the two I'd say obviously watch out for. Um, and just like I said, keep an open mind and, and rock with it. It's not always going to be perfect. Um, it's rarely going to be perfect. Yeah. So, just to be honest. But... There's there's boundaries that need to be set in every type of situation like that for both sides because it's like okay I didn't at first I didn't know coming in like all right where's my boundary as a male role model or figure like I don't like disciplining other people's children at all because I may not discipline them the way that you discipline them so I was like okay what's that boundary what's this boundary and. So I had to know that. And then I respectfully told Caitlin and Sam, these are my boundaries of like, you know, blah, blah, blah. Or I don't like that he could talk back to his mom and when she's stressed out, blah, blah, blah. You know, and I, I talked to Sam about things like this and I talked to Caitlin about things like this. I have I like to have an open communication if a child is involved always because... I don't let I try not to let emotions get the better of me in those types of situations because it's important that we're all on the same page. If we're not on the same page, then the child could suffer or we could start being at each other's throats over what? Just not being on the same page. That doesn't make oh, sense. Miscommunication. Exactly. And so, um, yeah, that's that's basically the long and short of it. So communication. Yes, sir. That's what it always comes down to. Um, now, we have... We're going to end this on a silly note. We uh, have talked on this podcast numerous times about, you know, Facebook DMs. And just want to get your uh, opinion on those both. DMs is digital messages, right? Yeah. Mm. Are you... Have you ever... Are you the type of guy that would be, like, DMing a girl? And if so, what type of stuff do you say? And don't lie, because I'll tell them what you said to me. Maybe once. <laughs> I DM women, not a girl, women. Past uh, tense or current tense? 
But uh, I don't think the tents really matters. Oh, I think it matters. <laughs> I know my mom's listening right now. Like, oh, it matters. Kathy, what's up? Uh, shout out to Kathy. She's a ride or die. She's a weekly listener. She's been with through it all. She's had to hear the stories. She said when we were... She asked me for Botox the first day I met her. That's, I think, why we work so well, because we are both equally crazy. Is her full name Kathleen? Yeah. Kathleen. We are both equally crazy, and, like, our parents are in their own ways crazy. Kathleen. Like Jolene? Yeah. Um, Oh, I don't know. I'd probably be as respectful as I possibly could, you know. Hello, uh, my name is so-and-so, and I'm Hello. very interested in you, and that I would love to court you. And That's, I, just, I don't remember. That's exactly that. how I would do it, yeah. You asked me if I was a dog no, or straight, cat. No, straight dick pic. You asked me if I, bum, bum, bum. You asked me if I was a dog or cat person, like Did twice. I? Yes. At well, that's, Im- that's important. Two I mess with a lot of weirdos, like crazy, not just crazy cat ladies, but like, don't clean the litter type crazy cat ladies. Like, you go up in her crib and it smells like just cat urine. And I don't even know. The, it's like musty eggshells. I'm sure it's, that's just not the girls that you were messing with. Well, it could have been a, a mixture of all of it. But it, <laughs> it was clearly cat litter. Um, and then let them in their beds with cat litter stuck in their paws. Like, I don't Sorry, like I, animals in beds at all. Not even dogs. Yeah. It's, it's, unless you're going to wash their paws every time they go out and come in. I right. Like yeah, it. it's, it's a gross. little gross. Um, okay, so now... So what do you say? Come on, tell That's us. That's what I would say. That's a lot. All right, I don't know. It depends on the girl. You're like, like he's, is he treating you well? That's your bag. No, I hope not. he's treating you no, well. <laughs> I'm, all right, here's one thing about me. I am a chameleon. I adapt to any and every situation possible. I always think ahead of what I'm doing. Here's I never, I'm never without a plan of attack on anything, not just DMs. And any situation, I can be a different, entirely different person. Mm. I'm a robot. Let me tell you something. You're gonna let me get these get these jokes and truths off. Um, you definitely hit me with the. Um, Oh, I thought you were with somebody. I hope he's treating you the way you deserve to be treated. Oh, yeah. And now here we are full circle and people be in my DMs like, I hope he's treating you. <laughs> and I'm like, he's not. Well, see, that's that's the thing. That was the easy, at the time, that was the easy mode of attack. But had you been, like, cool and not even tripping over a guy or whatever, I would have I would have came at you entirely different. And I it would have cool. been different. I wasn't tripping. You weren't tripping, but you were like, yeah, I'm not being treated well. And no, no, I didn't say that. You said, I thought you were seeing somebody. Because I had posted a few things that were like, um, they were like kind of insinuating that I was in a situation. Yeah. I've never been big. You were the first person actually that I've posted on social media like that. But um, anyway, and you were like, oh, I thought you were in a relationship. Because I think I posted something about like being single or whatever. And I was like, eh, it's like it's complicated. I'm kind of in a situation, but it's not working out the way I wanted it, wanted it to. Mm, easy. Bang. And then Opening, you're like, right there. yeah. And I was like, got him. <laughs> oh, that's, that's unfortunate to hear. I hope, you know, you, he's treating you the way you deserve to be treated better. Oh, no. See, I'll tell you, like, I, have, I don't know. I've, I'm not going to tell you all my, like, lines. Like, what? No, but I'll give you some past things that I've done. Um, 
even I've gotten out of the friend zone and just pure DMs before. It's not really that hard. You so, just you just talk to the girl, uh, who whoever you're interested in, and um, blah blah blah. blah Let's blah, get blah. back to this. So whenever you sent me that message about the um, and you'll know on this podcast, I like to make everything about me. So but clearly. When you said- <laughs> about uh i don't remember any dms about i hope you or you deserve to be treated better now after being with me for a year do you think i deserve to be treated the way you thought when you sent that no comment (laughs) i choose not to comment and i plead the fifth um do you get mad at the type of dms that i get no i get i i get mad at other things but like what I just other things. Tell me. I don't even think I know. I've learned a lot on this podcast. I've learned my love languages. I've Nothing learned... about uh, other guys. Just household stuff. Yeah. Oh. Do you get mad about... <laughs> uh, we're not even going to talk about that. Do you yeah. get mad about... Um, not at me, per se, but... What? Like, does it bother you that like I get D-pics and stuff like that? No. Did the messages when I did post that video of you boxing on my story bother you? No. I get the craziest... I honestly get the craziest... I actually am starting to have a love-hate with my Facebook followers because they are fucking insane. And it's, like, comical a little bit. Like, I actually... Some of them I kind of like. Not you those would, kind of I just realized you would be the worst person to date for somebody who is insecure. One, you are... You don't care about being in the public eye. You don't care about creepy stalker weirdos. You don't care about... Certain things that, like, are opening you up to potentially being a victim of something. <laughs> Dick pics, my for favorite, instance. My favorites are, like, I, I was saying the other day, I post this picture. I'm starting to get, I want to get away from using filters and, like, truly using portrait mode. Like, I want you to see me flaws and all. Flaws and all. <laughs> And so I posted this picture, like, you know, of falling in love with myself. Because that's really, that's corny, but, like, I am working on that process. Corny. I actually didn't anticipate the messages I would get back. But I got, like, all these, not even messages. They're so bold. They'll put it right on my pictures. And they'll be like, can I fall with you? And I'm like, these, <laughs> this is the best because it's so corny. But it's like, I have respect for you. If you're going to come in the comments and just put it out there for all the people to see. Cue all the comments on your pictures after this. I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I honestly, I have respect for it a little bit. Okay, what are you, like, what, where are we at in this conversation? Like, what are you talking about? We were talking about Facebook DMs and if they bother you. And it turned into me giving props to people who are willing to go out there and shoot their shots. Are you, like, judging all their dick pics? Like, oh, Ooh, no, man. I don't even look at them. Most of the time I report uh, I would have liked you, but your balls seem to be imbalanced. I don't, I don't, I don't really before. mess around I don't, with that. that. Does, it does nothing for me. It's gross. Well, obviously, but, like... I Most of the time I report on the Facebook. I send your picture to Facebook. Why are you saying my picture? Well, not... I'm speaking. I say, yeah. I'm speaking to the podcast. Like, I don't take pictures of that. To anybody that sends, don't send them to me because I'm either gonna extort you. I've said that before. I'm gonna extort you for two hundred dollars, or I'm gonna post it on my and post or I'm post it on my wall, or I'm gonna turn it into Facebook and I don't know what they do. Facebook Joe. They don't. They but, don't do anything. Well, there's a real thing. It's Facebook Joe. They get, they get, PP pics all the time. Well, it's actually. It's called the triple P. Well, now I'm gonna start. Now that it's actually. Um, 
considered assault, I'm, I'll turn it in. Okay. Yeah, whatever. Dogs. You say that every time. <laughs> All right. So I think this was a successful episode 13. You've talked us through the coronavirus. I think you got a lot off your chest. No. No? Not I got at least three more pods ready to go. <laughs> Like, no. This is the one and only pod I'll ever be on. Uh, thank you guys for listening to my. Well, weird before voice. we go, uh, we do a weekly jewel of the jewel of the week. Mm-hmm. So that's just it can be anything, advice or a quote, whatever. So do you have a jewel of a week to leave everybody with? Yeah, I got one. Um, you can lead a horse to the water, but you can't make it drink. Okay. Take that, um, uh, take that however you want to take that. <laughs> I have two but I, that I, I wanted to go with, but I think mine that I'm going to go with is be careful about the people you keep around you. Make sure you're choosing correctly. That's been episode 13. We want to thank Andrew for coming on and stepping in. Shout out to Sam. Staying busy. CTC training. Make sure you guys get up with that boot camp. Um, and that's it for today. This is Untitled Unmastered. We out. Come on, come on. And when it falls down, who you gonna call now? Come on, come on. And when it all falls down. Come on, come on. And when it falls down, who you gonna call now?